We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And I am uh, Pastor Jolly John Lekumski from uh, Trinity uh, Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois, and uh, St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and it is also beautiful there, too. <laughs> Along the beautiful of banks of the Kaskaskia. Oh, it doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> hey, I've got, I've got a new feature I'd like to, to try out. Wait, wait, uh, we got to say what the show oh, is. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting. Okay, it's, here we go. Wrestling, wrestling with, with the basics. basics. Um, so I thought it would be nice that of every show we could have like like kind of a thought for the day, uh, something that people could kind of take with them after the show. They could meditate upon. Uh, inspirational. Uh, inspirational, yeah. In fact, maybe even impact. There might be something in impactful. Might, the, 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 their day. It might influence how they live. Wonderful. And behave. That, that's so, a great so idea. I, 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 I wanted to start off with here. Okay. okay. So we'll just, this is just uh, we'll see how this goes. So here's my thought for the day, Matt. All right. Here we go. You have to wonder about some people. They think God is dead and Elvis is alive. So there you go. I oh, think wow. it's kind of the thought for That's the great, day. That's great, Jeff. <laughs> deep uh, thinking deep thought thinking, of the day. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, maybe maybe we won't do that. <laughs> we'll just scratch that feature. Forget the thought for the day. Holy cow. <laughs> it, was a, it was a thought. It was a thought. It was a thought. I, I will give you that. It was a thought. <laughs> okay. Oh, hey, and you know what's exciting? Uh, we actually are going to be wrestling today because you have we chosen. Are. Well, you have chosen an extremely difficult uh, uh, story in the Bible that I think people throughout the ages have puzzled over. I think and now we're going to wrestle it, with it. It's one of those accounts where I think you want to just rip it out of your Bible. And yet, <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. probably not a good idea. What kind of guy? <laughs> You're ripping stuff out of your. No, I'm not that far, but I would agree it's. A puzzle, but it is there, and and that's the thing. It's in the Word of God, and it's yeah. it's part of, of the Old Testament. So it's it's there, staring us in the face, and we've got to wrestle with it. That's yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah, ripping it out is not an option. You're right. Um, so what do we do? What do we do with this? Um, it's that account of Abraham I sacrificing his son Isaac, yep. right? Yeah. You know, or at least God commanding him to. Oh boy, that's a tough one. So uh, Genesis chapter twenty-two. That's where we're headed today, as we as we look at that account, and we, like you said, wrestle with with what's going on here. Well, yeah. How could God ask a father to kill his son? Uh, and of course, it's even more problematic because this is not just any son. Yeah. This is the son by which all the world is going to be blessed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's the deal, God? So I mean, one of the things to wrestle with is: Does God change his mind? Yeah. I mean, after yeah. all, yeah, like you said, He's the one that promised Abraham that. Uh, his descendants are going to be as many stars in the sky and sand on the seashore and all nations will be blessed through him. And yet he finally gets the son. He's he's a hundred plus at this point. Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now he's told to kill him. What's the deal, God? Well, well and, and what's further difficult is because you might say, oh, OK, well, we kill him. We'll get another. But the specific promise was that this was the son by whom all these promises were going to be fulfilled. Yeah, that yeah. Isaac would be the one. And now he says, I, I, want, I want you to sacrifice. I want you to kill him. This is the yeah. one. So I, I think, so you have this, this kind of a couple of levels here. So you have the father 
Abraham, you know, the father of Isaac, and and the the, the confusion and the grief and everything that would, and the emotion that would come with a command like this. But then also you have, I think, the the faithful a servant of God, Abraham, who oh, knows yeah. that this promise is attached to Isaac, and what is going on here? Yep. Uh, so grieving over that this promise might not be kept, uh, not only. You know, for his well, sake, but for the sake of future could it generations. Be kept? It's like yeah, God, like, yeah. it's like you said, God has changed his mind. He's decided he's not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, let's, All right. uh, yeah. already we're wrestling. We haven't even read it yet. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting sweaty and we yeah, haven't no, even started. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. So we're, we're oiled up, ready to go here. <laughs> wrestling with the basics. Okay. Uh, so you want me to start reading there? So, Matt? sure. Yeah. Why don't we All read, right. uh, okay, Genesis chapter 22. Let's do verses uh, one through two. Just one and okay. two to get started. With. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, oh, that's an interesting word there, tested. And he said, here am I. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom I love, whom you love, I'm sorry, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Yeah. Yeah. There's the command. Wow. And, yeah. and you, you alluded to that testing word. Well, what's the deal here? Yeah. Um, you know, I think we need to make it clear. It's not, he's not tempting Abraham. Okay. So nope, that's not nope, the word that's nope. used here. And, and we think of the Lord's Prayer. We've looked at that in the rest of the Lead basics us not before. Into about, temptation. Yeah. And, and God tempts no one, as Luther says in the Catechism. Yeah. So he's not tempting Abraham. But he, well, it's pretty clear. It doesn't be testing him. Some yeah. kind of trial for Abraham here. Um, and, and that's something that we do wrestle with too. And especially when we think about our own lives, you know, what, what's the deal? Uh, does God do this with us too? And I think, you know, it's something we maybe want to hold on to until the end of the story as we discuss that a little more. But, uh, but initially, yeah, he's testing, giving Abraham a, a trial of sorts here with this, this strange command. I, and, and I, I do want to say, I, 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 yes, he does. Of course he does. He, he tests us. Uh, he tested the children of Israel after this, too. That's what he said when he sent them in the wilderness. That was going to be a test. So I fully expect that he does test us. But you're right. Uh, our reaction to the fact that he tests us has to really be tempered by how this story comes to an end. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah our reaction to it. And, and I think that this story does give us a glimpse of maybe why he tests us. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think you're exactly right. You know, no doubt about it. He tests. But, but why? What's the motivation? What's, yeah, yeah. What does it mean what, for us? Yeah, what's he trying to pull off? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he calls out to Abraham, uh, and then Abraham answers with, with this, this answer really of, of faith, I think, in many ways. Uh, here I am. Uh, the Hebrew is Hanani. Here I am. Ah. And you'll have to keep our, our Hanani, here I am count going here, John. Okay. Because in this right. account, we hear that quite a few times. But then take your son, and I just, you know, listen how this is reiterated. Your only son, Isaac, mm-hmm. whom you love. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. God knows the deep love this, this elderly father has for his son, the son that was proud promise to him and to Sarah and offer him up as a burnt offering. Oh my goodness. Oh. And that that's a profound thought there, Matt. So it's not like God is ignorant of what's going on. No. He is fully aware of what a test this is for Abraham. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I the, uh, the it's kind of interesting. So I mean, to our ears here in the United States and as as Christians and Lutheran Christians, it sounds so strange to offer your son as a sacrifice. However, as we look at the Old Testament, we look at these other pagan gods, that wasn't that uncommon. No, no. Yeah, so you have these Molech and these other gods where part of their so-called worship was to sacrifice 
children. You know, that, as despicable as as that is, but but not the Lord. God would Yahweh well, would never. In fact, that. I think he distinguishes himself from yeah. the others. Like I'm saying, but yeah, they do. I don't do that. But now he's doing it. Exactly. I'm unlike these other yeah. gods, right? Yeah. And now you you wonder if you're an Abraham, Susie, you start to wonder. Wait a second, is God? different from these other pagan gods or not is the lord different yeah and in uh, commanding him to sacrifice his son boy it sure doesn't seem like it at least not on the surface no, no. yeah yeah so uh go and and go to the mariah to that land to one of the mountains that i command you so he's he's got to take this trip now with his son knowing uh that he's going to sacrifice him that's what god's commanded yeah so well, you want to keep going now? How about um, so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, "Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship." And come again to you. Now, that's kind of an interesting thing there, too. A little, little faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For uh, sure. Um, well, let's, uh, let's stop okay, there. Okay, sure. So, first of all, he, he gets the, the, the wood and everything for the sacrifice. He takes two young men with him along with his son Isaac. Uh, and and they, they go to this place here. And then the, the journey, how long does it take them to get there? Three days. Three days. That's, uh, you know, that's kind of okay. interesting, too. So, this yeah. three-day journey where... You know, Abraham, really, his son is as good as dead to him. Yeah. Knowing that God's commanded this on this three-day journey, that's sort of interesting. Um, Think any connection there between Christ being in the tomb for three days? Well, yeah, I would, you know, as we look at this and unpack this, I think we see Jesus all over the place. (laughs) You know, right? Uh, The other thing that came to my mind is not knowing whether your son is dead or alive. um, Recently, we had that that school shooting in uh, oh, Florida, yeah. right? Yeah, and there, there was this story that I just really touched me when I, I heard on the radio. I wish I could find a recording of this, but it was this interview with this this dad whose daughter went to that school. Oh wow! And he hears about the shooting from the news, you know, not from his daughter. And, and so the first thing you do as a parent is you try to get in touch with your your kid, mm-hmm. right? So he called her cell phone and, and no answer, and he texted and no answer, and he texted a friend and there's no answer, and the calls the school office, there's no answer, and you know for 20 minutes, yeah, this dad doesn't know whether his daughter's dead or alive, and then finally, she contacts him and she he hears his daughter's voice on the other end of the line and and she's alive, and he he said this this line there that in the interview that it was like she was back from the dead ah yes and and, you know i can't imagine what those 20 minutes would have been like but you know the daughter almost as good as dead to him you know not knowing whether she's dead or alive and then to hear that voice it's like she was back from the dead and and and, and you wait dear sir you just have your little kids how old they're getting older these little kids are are growing up so Noah's in eighth grade so he's uh the confirmation this year and all, all those milestones, and then Anna's in fourth grade. So it won't be long, and little Noah will have the keys to the car, and he'll go out to be with his friends. Oh, and he's supposed to be back at 11, and yep. it'll be 12, and it'll be 12.30, and it'll be more than 20 minutes that you'll be wondering and worrying, yep. and he won't be answering <laughs> his phone. And yeah, yeah, you got that all ahead of you. Yeah, yeah thanks for reminding me, John. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> But, but it's true, you know, and then yeah. when you get that, what a relief when they walk through the door, you're ready to kill them, maybe then. But, but, but yeah, the relief is there. <laughs> yeah. The relief is there. And I, but, I, but thank you for pointing out that yeah. none of this is unusual. This is what we all do. We, we all go through these tests of God, and it isn't like it just gets resolved immediately, but they do kind of stretch out sometimes for days or even yeah. months and years In sometimes. our own lives, yeah. yeah. 
So that dad had to wait 20 minutes for that relief. Yeah. Um, I, I think of Abraham, though, too. You know, that, that dad's comment, it was like his he received his daughter back from the dead. Yeah. You know, he said something to that effect. I think, as you kind of pointed out here, as we read in verse five, we get it. We get a hint of that in Abraham. Yes, maybe. yeah, yeah. Um, because he he talks to the servants, and what does he say? Stay here at the donkey, I and the boy will go over there and worship, and come back again to you. Yeah. So it, it seems as though Abraham has this confidence that, that, that Isaac's going to be coming back with him. Somehow, it's going to work out. Yeah, yeah and yeah. you know, you wonder does, does Abraham think God's going to change his mind, or does Abraham think he's going to chicken out, or, oh, I, or what I, is actually, it? Actually, we know what Abraham's thinking, we but do. you don't want to give it away. Do you want to give it away well, now, I, or did you? We well, got the Hebrews passage. Yeah, there? I, I do have it here okay. because God's word in the New Testament tells us exactly what's on Abraham's yeah. heart and mind, right? Yeah. Uh, and what his confidence is in. Well, let's go ahead and do it now. Okay. Okay. All right. So I, I'm going to read from Hebrews 11. So that's that chapter where it's, you know, uh, all these heroes of the faith and by faith. And, and it says here, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Uh, he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead. Yeah. Which yeah. figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Yes. So, you know, even as he's going up the mountain here, uh, yeah. but before... Any of the rest of the account takes place. Abraham has this confidence that that the Lord God, yeah, he, he can even raise his son from the dead. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, um, and especially you know Abraham doesn't have Genesis through Revelation like we have in our Bible. That's we see exactly God right. raising people from the dead all yeah. over the place, uh, including his own son. But but he doesn't have that, and yet he still has that, that trust and confidence that God's going to keep the promise of that descendant Isaac. Through him, many nations will be brought. And, 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 you know, that's the thing. Where does that come from? Because there hasn't been a specific thing that he's going to resurrect from the dead, but it comes mm-hmm. from the promise God keeps his word. If yeah. Isaac is the one, and that's what God has said, well, then, if I kill him, God just has to bring him back from the dead. How else possibly could he do it? Yeah. yeah. Just this cup is in the word of God. You know, that Abraham believes it's kind of him as righteousness, as we read. Yeah. Um, a trust in God's word. It can't be any other because yeah. God is faithful. God keeps his promises. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we get the, just that beautiful insight there uh, that he's reasons, oh, I'll receive him back from the dead. So, you know, even with that confidence, though, that rock walk off that mountain must have been tough. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that has to be excruciating. He's walking with his son and yet fully knowing that yeah, he's going to have to kill him. Matt, Matt, but see, don't you see, this is the thing that you and I go through every time uh, a loved one falls ill uh, unto death. Yes, we have that confidence. Yes. We know what's going to happen. Why? Because it's what God said's going to happen. Uh, and yet, yeah, it's still so hard on our heart and our flesh and, you know, the grief and the sadness. And you're right. So, you know, this has to be really. And in fact, when we get to the point where he's going to take the knife to kill him, oh, my God, how hard oh, that know. must I have know. been. But but that's the thing we need to understand. Faith can coexist with that stuff. It's not like if you have those kind of doubts yes. and that kind of grief, that means you don't believe anymore. No, no, I fully believe that my my uh, first wife is is in heaven, and my second wife, and I will be there someday too. But it doesn't mean that I'm not sad. I'm not overwhelmed with grief. It's just like Paul says, I, I, we weep as those who have no hope. We don't weep as those who have yes. no hope. Yeah, yeah. So well, I think that's a great, great point. I mean, he's walking with the hope of resurrection yeah. up that mountain. But yet, I, I'm guessing he saw some tears in his oh, eyes. Yes. And it was still a hard to. journey. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and He'd great, be stone-hearted if yes. he didn't. Yeah. And, and that's okay. We, we still grieve and weep, but we do with a hope. Doesn't Jesus weep? He yeah, weeps all sure. the time. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yes. These things would make us all weep, that we have to die for sin. That makes God weep. But then again, he's going to forgive us and resurrect us. Yeah. Yeah, great comparison. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's keep going. So I guess we're in verse 6, I think. Is that right? Um, 6 or 7? Somewhere down there. Uh, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them together. And I love this verse. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said... Here I am. Isn't that interesting? Number two. Not an answer to the Lord, but to his own son this time. Uh, Here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you you can just picture this here. So they take the wood, and and he lays it on Isaac, his son. You know, it's like he's carrying it on his back. And, And... Abraham's got fire in one hand, it looks like, and a knife in the other. And the Hebrew word there is like for a big knife, like a butcher knife. So this isn't just, you know, know, some Swiss Army pocket knife or something that he's got. Um, And Isaac, he's no dummy, apparently. (laughs) Something's up here, you know. (laughs) Something's missing. Maybe it was the the knife. Maybe it was Dad's demeanor. And I don't know. But he has, you know, Father... uh, where where's the burnt offering? Where's the lamb? <laughs> and then they'd answer a faith, I think, too. Yeah. Uh, Abraham just says, well, God will provide. Yeah. God yeah. will provide. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what a journey. Boy. All right, good. Well, you ready to move on? And we'll... When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. This I just never dawned on me before, but everything here is happening according to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. That has to have some comfort, although he doesn't know how it's all going to work out. At least it has to be of some comfort yeah. to realize, no, this is not contrary to the Word of God. Everything God told me, the place, the location, everything's happened just exactly like he said. So you got the same thing when uh, Palm Sunday, right, where they say, you go find the donkeys. Oh, well, the donkeys were there. Just, they said, uh, go set up the uh, uh, Passover at this room. Oh, well, there it is. There's the room, exactly as he said. So there is some comfort in knowing that things are at least going the way God said they were, even though maybe you're not quite sure how it's all going to work out in the end. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, the Bible's full of that. You think of the Passover and the, the, the death of the firstborn. It's they put blood on the doorpost, and it works out how God said, you know, that, that they are safe and secure inside. Yeah. Well, it just occurred to me the same thing when uh, uh, Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem. On the one hand, that was also a great struggle for them, and then you don't have any place for the baby to be laying, and yet at least it was doing what God said, that he yeah. would be born in Bethlehem. That was according to sure. the word of the Lord. Okay. Uh, where was I at? Yeah. Uh, well, good. Well, uh, let's see. Okay, so we've, we've got him, uh, uh, when they came to the place in which God told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. You want me to keep going? But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said... Here I am. There's that the response <laughs> of faith again, number three in the, in the count. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Yeah. And that, and that I mean, it's just remarkable. Everything that, that's seen there. And you, you try to, especially as a father, to, to try to put yourself in oh, Abraham's man, yeah. place. I don't actually, want to. I, you don't know. No. I mean, you, again, you just want to ignore this if you could. But here it is. And, he puts him on the altar, binds him up. Um, can you imagine that? Takes out the knife. It's about ready to drop or ready to slit his yes, throat. Yeah. And 
God intervenes. Uh, God intervenes. And uh, the angel of the Lord, perhaps this is Jesus himself even, intervening, um, stopping Abraham. Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything, for I know that you fear God. See, you have not withheld your son, your only son. There it is, that emphasis again, how precious he is from me. Um, yeah, so so God intervenes in the end, and, and the, as the book of Hebrews says, he figuratively receives him back from the dead, that yeah, to Abraham, he was going to follow through. He was as good as dead, but oh, yet yeah. God restores him uh, to Abraham. Um, so, yeah, you, you kind of see this idea of uh, a, a testing, really, and, and God intervening here, and uh, hopefully, you know, and, and the struggle is, okay, why the test? Why yes, the test? Yeah. And in part, at least... Um, to strengthen Abraham's faith in the Lord, faith in his promises, uh, a, a trust in him. Um, you know, I think after this trial, after this test, you know, was Abraham's faith in the Lord, trust in the Lord more or less? I mean, did did he have a greater confidence in God or a lesser confidence? And I would say a greater one. Uh, it took this trial, it took this test, it took this hardship, but yet God works through it in the midst of it. And I think of our lives, too, that when we undergo different trials— and we're refined, as the Bible uses that language, we're refined like like a precious metal um, through that. Not fun at the time, not enjoyable. There's tears shed. But yet God works through trial and tribulation to, to strengthen faith. And, and the thing we have to remember, this seems incredibly cruel, and I have a thought about that uh, that I'll share in just a second. But but you have to realize that this is exactly the truth. There is nothing on this world you get to keep. I, I know you love your two children dearly. Yeah. I, I love my children dearly. I love my family dearly. But we all have to wrestle with the fact this is going to happen. God's going to say, now I'm taking them. They're going to die. And, 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 and we either have faith like Abraham did that God can raise them from the dead or we despair and we lose hope. But but no, to think that somehow we're going to get out of here without losing every precious dear thing we have. Nope, nope, we're going to lose it all. And if they don't die, we're going to die and lose them, one way or the other. But but that's the faith, that's the hope that even yeah. even if that happens, that's okay. God can raise them from the dead. Yeah, he does that. He and can do that. When everything else is stripped away, that's the one thing remaining, right? God's yeah. promise of resurrection. God's word. And I would like to make a quick comment here. If, if anyone out there thinking that God is telling them to kill their children, and sometimes we feel like that would be a good thing. <laughs> sometimes they get on our nerves. There's those moments. Uh, but, but please remember, Abraham doesn't have the Ten Commandments here. You know, this is pre-Ten Commandments. I, I think if Abraham had the Ten Commandments, he probably would have said, now, wait a second, I don't know that you are God, because <laughs> you told me yeah. thou shall not kill. But he doesn't have that, but but yeah. we do. So I wouldn't, any guy that came to me and told me I should sacrifice my son, I'd say, I don't think you're the, the, yeah. the God of the Scriptures. Shaking yeah. against God's Word, yeah. the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Quick word of law and gospel here. I mean, word of law, I mean, we, we compare ourselves to Abraham, perhaps, and would we sacrifice our son or daughter? Well, I don't know if I would, yeah. but I don't even know if that's the right question to ask. Do we, there's so many times in our day-to-day lives that we're willing to sacrifice so very little. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. an hour in worship once a week for crying out loud. You know, and, and we can just tick off those things that we're unwilling to, to sacrifice. Time with our children in prayer for 10 minutes before bed. You know, and, and it's shameful, you know, yeah. but but yet there's forgiveness. and And that's... You know, we don't want to sign off without mentioning and talking about how Isaac, boy, points so very much to Christ. Yeah, yeah. He bore the cross on his back. Uh, He walked that Mount Calvary for us. And and God the Father uh, gave this precious only son of his. Uh, But yet the the amazing thing is he doesn't stop the hands of the the soldiers as they uh, drive the nails into his son. Uh, He allows it to happen. He does it out of his great love. 
not just for some, but for us. Yeah, and, and the thing is uh, that apart from Christ, this really is just a weird, weird story. Uh, but it is in Christ you begin to realize, oh, okay, yeah, God never intended Abraham to sacrifice his son, but he fully was willing to give up his son for you and me and for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah, thanks be to God for that death and that resurrection hope.